0: Welcome to a single serving podcast. I'm your host, Shaney Silver. I started this podcast because whenever I saw content for single women, it was about dating, how to date better, how to survive dating. And I know that we deserve more than that. So I created this podcast to change the way being single is seen, discussed, and felt. And I'm so happy to have you here with me. I hope you'll also consider joining the Facebook group for this podcast. It's become a really supportive community full of people sharing stories and encouraging one another and actually meeting up in real life too. There are three main ways that you can support this podcast. The first is simply share it, share it with someone who needs to hear it, share it with your family, share it with your friends, anybody who could use a change in perspective when it comes to being single. The second way is you can rate and review this podcast on iTunes. It takes two seconds and it's a huge deal that really helps podcasters, um, get more visibility and continue to do their work. And then the third way is you can become a patron of mine on Patreon. Patreon is a platform that helps independent creators earn money for creating the work that people enjoy. So there are multiple tiers that you can join, but my favorite one is a $5 tier that comes with an extra bonus episode of this podcast every single month. So there will be a link to it below. Check it out. And in the meantime, thank you so much for joining me. Hi, my name is Shaney Silver and I have to stop recording podcast introductions when ambulances drive by. How are you? Welcome to a single serving podcast. I'm so happy to have you. I am recording this introduction on Tuesday, November 24th at my kitchen table. I'm sure you can hear Brooklyn in the background and uh, Thanksgiving will be over by the time you listen to this, but uh, I hope you had a great one anyway. Um, I'm recording this a little bit early so that I can take a day or two off for, for the Thanksgiving holiday that I will be spending by myself in my apartment. I'm currently dry brining a turkey breast. Whatever that means. I'm not quite clear on it. I don't know. Um. But I hope you guys are all doing well. I want to say a very special hello and thank you to all the Patreon patrons who are currently listening. I see you. I think you're fantastic. Uh, I think you're the reason this podcast exists. So thank you very much. Thank you also to everybody who uh, continues to rate, review, and share this podcast. You are phenomenal people. Thank you for all of the support you're giving me as well. Uh, It does not go unnoticed. And uh, one thing I wanted to say before I start this episode. In the November group Zoom that I host for Patreon patrons at that level, um, something came up that was really important. And I also want to, I I wanted to say more about it because it was such a good topic and I think it needs to be discussed more and I'm sure I'll get into it more in the future. But there was this notion that um, sometimes in order to feel better as single people, not even like we're we're not even planning it. Like we're not doing this on purpose, but it's just kind of a thing that passively happens is whenever we see like a happy couple, we'll imagine in our mind that they're really fighting or that they're miserable or unhappy or about to break up as like a means for us to feel better as singles. Um, But I hate the energy of that. I don't like that. I think it's super unnecessary. I also think it's very counterintuitive because if as singles, for those of us who want partnership, not everyone does, but for those of us who do, um, for us to think the worst about every couple we see feels very counterintuitive when what we want is also to be in a couple. So that doesn't make sense to me. So we talked about sort of shedding that jealousy energy and that lack energy. My cat just made the weirdest noise and I really hope the microphone didn't pick it up, but if it did, so be it. Um So I wrote, I wrote something recently about how Couples don't have to be miserable for single people to be happy. And I'm going to link to it in the show notes for this podcast. I would really like you to read it. It's a topic that's very important to me. It's very, very central to the whole reframing theme around single life that I get into all of the time. So I think it could be helpful, especially as we head into the holiday season and we are about to be in just happy couple content central, especially if you have social media, Um, but also if you just like exist in the world. So um, so. give it a read if you'd like to. It is linked below. My guest today is Tiana Madera. And one of the things that happens when you make podcasts is you listen to a lot of other people's podcasts for inspiration, for community, things like that. And I came across a podcast called Torch that is made by Tiana. And I was listening to it and just thinking, you know what? We should be friends you know, I do this, you know, this is how I make friends now. I just have them on my podcast. Um So actually Tiana and I are on each other's podcasts this week. I believe hers is coming out. I believe it's uh, for you guys. It'll be this Wednesday. Of course I'll share it on social and in the Facebook group and everything. So you can listen if you want to, but for now, listen to her on this podcast, because while I was recording it, even I remember thinking like It was one of those great moments as a podcaster where it it felt to me like we were all just sitting in a room together back when you could sit in rooms together, just like hanging out and shooting the shit and having a really honest and warm and comforting conversation. So I really like this conversation for us right now during the holiday season. It was a pleasure to meet her and record with her. And I'm really excited to share this with you. I'm also excited to share her episode um, that I'm on. And I will, of course. So uh, great conversation for you to listen to. I hope everybody is having a very good holiday season and being very kind to yourselves, taking very good care of yourselves, um, drinking plenty of water, getting a little bit of vitamin D every day, which is now my mom's thing. She wants me to go sit on the roof for five minutes a day and get vitamin D. Do I need to do that? Can someone DM me and tell me if I really need to do that? I'm kind of curious. Uh, I'll do it. I mean, the roof is nice, but anyway. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and start the episode. Thank you all for being the most fantastic audience ever. Thank you for all of the um, engagement with this podcast. It means a lot to me to hear from you and to uh, to see you all interact with each other. And um, it's just a very beautiful thing. I'm very grateful for that. I am thankful for this podcast audience. Thank you guys so much for listening. And I hope you enjoy this chat with Tiana Madera. So my guest today is Tiana Madeira, and I'm just going to catch up with her really quickly before we start the actual podcast. How has the rest of your week been since we last spoke?
1: Oh, pretty good. Um, I I finagle in the stock market, and so I had a heart attack Monday and Tuesday, and then Wednesday I recovered. So everything has been interesting. <laughs> Looking, <at laughs> mean, you is that investing? I've like, a lot of money. I have an IRA, um, yeah. but. I also have. I also publicly trade um, on on an app called Public, where I'm like, I'm like a super user, <laughs> and it's an amazing community. Um, they're actually one of my sponsors now, so uh, it's been good. If you come to my profile, get a free stock, click on the link. Shut um, up with your trading and investing. Who anyways, are you? Yeah. So I started doing it because I want to be. I want to know more about. How to make smarter decisions in my Ira. and, um, I mean, I could, go, I could talk about this for a long time. So
0: <laughs> we love money around here. Are you kidding? We fucking live for it. Okay, I have, uh, yeah, I have a betterment account. So I let people who know more about this shit than me take full control over my money. And I rarely check my betterment because you're yes. not supposed to, you're kind of just supposed to leave it alone. There was a time when I was checking it like every day and I'm like, you need to stop. Like, this is yeah. not helping anything. It's like a watch pot never invests or something. So I have, investments as well, but I don't do them myself because I'm scared. of. yeah, uh, it's scary.
1: It's scary. I mean, am I going to create
0: the next great depression? What's going to happen? I'm very afraid of the stock market, but I'm not afraid of the investment part.
1: My IRA is like your betterment, right? So like I have a retirement account, it is locked under, under whatever, under lock and key. And I pretend I don't even have that money. Yeah. Um, and because technically I don't, it's still in the stock market. And right now it's not even paper. It's just like this, like this illusion of money, uh, you know, and so I won't pull it until what I'm like 65 or something. And so I'm trading on public because I want to Make better decisions so I can tell if I do really feel like something's gonna pop, like I believe in this stock, this company. I can then tell my investor and be like, Yo, I want this. Because I told him, Well, so I got into social media apps like in 2017 and they've more than doubled, of course, because social media, uh, but. I also told him about Shopify. And at the time, Shopify was like 200 bucks. He's like, ah, it's, I don't know what it is yet. And it's, you know, $1,000 now. So he told me that he kicks himself for not listening to me. Because I you have to like, this is the beautiful part, single ladies, married ladies, whoever, any lady listening. It's like we, and this was probably going to get to um, later in the conversation, but like we have to stop Putting men in the driver's seat unconsciously. Yeah. It's yeah. unconscious. I'm not blaming anyone. It's like I've done it. I've done it for years. And that's why I felt so empowered when I started my account on public and just said, I'm gonna I'm gonna know more, more than him. I'm gonna know as much as I can about electric vehicles and lithium batteries. <laughs> I'm calling so you next time I get money. So that's it, yeah, oh, if you follow me on my wait, i don't I don't know what account you follow, but on my private on my personal account. um I'm about I'll to be on all of them get ready. I'll for sometimes me. share all like up in the, your shed. The wins and losses, like thirty six percent on this app, or I was down ten percent on. I mean, you know, I share, I share some of it. It's pretty fun. So fun, but yeah. So that (laughs) that was kind of the week.
0: (laughs) For anyone that's listening, by the way, you don't have to have thousands and thousands of dollars to invest money. If you have a hundred bucks, you can open. I mean, if you have five dollars, you can open an account on Betterment, and you can start to see money that's yours anyway work for you. Essentially, if you have a savings account in any bank that you have like most of us have a checking and a savings. If you take anything that's in that savings account and put it on a betterment or a wealth front or something like that, your money starts to grow for you. It's still yours. It's still your savings. It's just doing way more for you than it was doing sitting in a savings account. That's all we're talking about right now.
1: Yes. Yes. Make some money off your money, make money off your money, put your money to work for you.
0: Um, okay let's really start the podcast now um, <laughs> yeah tell everybody who you are tell tell an audience of single people what you want them to know about you
1: oh Lord um hello everybody <laughs> so <laughs> I I grew up in Miami I moved around a bunch and now I find myself in LA I moved to Los Angeles a year ago and I was I built and managed a social media and content marketing department for a huge corporation. It was like over 12 brands. And I did that for four years and I was just like, okay, my time here is done. It was like a breakup, you know, you leave something or someone and you're like, I just feel like it's complete feel. I did all I could. I'm ready. Um, and there you go. So like now I I also at the time before I quit, I knew I had this vision for a podcast, which is called Torch. And I really saw in the workplace like trauma unfolding and like no one was calling anyone on their shit. And it was driving me crazy. Cause I'm an East Coast girl and I was living in the West Coast. And I'm like, we're very direct in the East Coast. And I had to learn how to bite my tongue because people just I mean. I don't want to generalize, but some of the people I worked with, like they just didn't want to have tough conversations. And I, it really bothered me. And and so I had this vision for Torch where I wanted wanted to be for a place for women who are really active in their in their growth and in their life. And, you know, we can all learn something about ourselves. And there's even if you think you're great or you're wonderful, there's always that thing that you could kind of Improve or kind of chip away at and and discover about yourself. So, you know how you are at work. Like, who are you nervous around? Why are you nervous around them? Like, are you like for me? I wasn't a really good boss for a few years, and then I figured out like what my problem was and how I shifted myself to bet, be an actual boss and a good leader and mentor. And so now it's actually like one of my favorite things to do. Um, so yeah. So I had the concept for the podcast. I quit my job, moved to LA, and now I. I run this podcast, and uh, because of my social media experience, I consult uh, clients and stuff on the side.
0: Who is like the ideal Torch podcast listener?
1: Um, ideal would be, I think you know, thirties, forties, late twenties, like someone who's really active and curious, you know, about how to just kind of get that edge on for themselves. And I think it's just really important to understand why we do things. And I think that's why, you know, your podcast is so great too, because it's like, okay, here's something we have to be, you know, if we're single, should I pause this for a second? Can you hear that? No, I can't hear a thing. Oh, there's like someone scratching a window outside.
0: <laughs> <laughs> My laptop fan is going ape shit right now. I'm telling you, they are the kindest listeners in the world. Hi guys. Uh, we love you. Okay. We're sorry about our background noise.
1: I'm like cringing if y'all can hear this. So, um <laughs> you know, it's just like how to be just someone who really wants to make an impact. And I think fulfillment comes from knowing thyself more and like contributing and showing up. And when I look back on my life, which I've done a lot during quarantine, uh, I've been noticing that, you know, however difficult it was to grow and to like, see these things in me that I want to improve. It's still, I'm still better than I was where, sometimes I wasn't kind and I didn't, I don't like that, you know? So I had to really understand, well, why was I not kind? And then be kind to myself of why I wasn't kind. Um, And I think, you know, even when I had moments when I wasn't like a solid citizen um, and I I wasn't crazy, but you know, I just was reactive sometimes. It's funny because even though I didn't really know why that was happening to me, I was, I noticed that I was very patient with others when they were that way. Because I just, there was something like I knew something was going on where like if someone's freaking out, everyone's like, oh my God, she's such a bitch. And for me, I'm like, oh, I think something's going on, you know? And so for yourself, it's calling yourself out saying, oh, I think something's going on. What's going on?
0: Why are we so much better at identifying when other people need gentleness, but like we don't do the same kind of shit with ourselves?
1: Yeah. It's so hard to, I, I think- I just thought of this, like, I feel like we should like probably look in the mirror more. We never see ourselves truly. And I think like I'm a visual person and I connect with what I see. And if I don't see me most of the day, it's really, it's like, you're happy. You're just like detached from yourself. You know,
0: it's I hard. once put a little, um, like a small, um, like makeup mirror on my desk at work because I would always like go out after work or whatever. And I didn't want to have to use the lame ass bathroom and my building to do my makeup before I went out after work. And I remember all the women in my office thought it was the weirdest fucking thing ever that I put a mirror on my desk. And I'm like, I like to know what I present to the world during the day. Sorry. Actually, no, not fucking sorry. This isn't weird. You are weird for like not giving a shit and being totally okay with that terrible ass bathroom lighting you have in there and like the loud fan. No, no, thank you. Absolutely not. Yeah. You know what else I thought was, or I've always thought has been a problem in the professional space. We are never educated on how to be a boss. We only progress through career over time, you get like more and more time, more and more years of experience and more and more promotions upward. But at no point does someone teach you how to manage a team? Does someone teach you how to be someone's boss, how to have direct reports? It's just assumed you've been in the game this long. You can do this now. And it is a skill set. It is absolutely a skill set that you need to learn. And mm-hmm. for most of us, I think we learned by doing, which is not necessarily the best way to do it. I hated learning by doing, and I loved any kind of extra education that was offered in the workplace for managers specifically, because it's like you're you're instantaneously assumed to be this, like, this person who has it all together and who gets it because you're the boss, right? But what if you don't, then it just creates like unnecessary chaos. And I wish that it was more common to teach people how to lead professionally.
1: Yeah. And I think that's why too, I say like the, the mid, the later twenties, because I think more women in the workforce, more, more, more junior levels with managerial titles, which is, that's a lot, you know, I, I had such an ego in my twenties. Like I wasn't a good boss. I shouldn't have been a boss, you know? And it's like, you don't, there's moments and not that, not that like, just because I'm 39, I know more than someone who's whatever, but it's like, it's really your personal experience. Like how much are you willing to look at yourself, see what you're doing. And I think that does come with uh, a lot of soul searching, which comes over time, you know? Um, but I do see like the younger women I've mentored, they've been amazing. And I, I think the things that we could do as women who, who do have people who are under us who are a little bit younger is really cultivate their confidence because no one did that shit for me. You know, like I think because I was so aggressive and like very, I'm a type A person. And anytime I set my sight on something, I get shit done. Mm -hmm. I think people were like, Oh, she's got it. But inside I was like falling apart, you know? And I, I think intimately it takes someone, know. <laughs> Yeah, right. Like, but it's like it's like a love and hate of this anxiety where it gives me power, but it also can cripple me, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like I also talk about this on the podcast, like there's this optimal anxiety where not enough anxiety puts you in this comfort zone where you could just be like, Oh, that's okay. There's no like feeling of urgency. You're, you could, it's kind of like borderline boredom mm-hmm. and then too much anxiety. It, it can be crippling. So it's like just the right amount that keeps you productive, ke- keeps your cortisol ro- rolling, you know, um, in a, in a good way. And so like, you need a little, like a little jump of it, but to live too much of that, it could be destructive. So yeah, I mean, I've, I've seen w- young women in the workplace where they I know they're capable, but I could tell that they don't see that they are. And I've had to like had a lot of com- deep conversations of like giving them certain projects or like making sure no one's managing them. They have to feel confident in their work, you know. Absolutely, yeah. Because this is my podcast. Um, are you
0: single? And how would you describe your overall like current mindset around singlehood?
1: I am single. Um, my last relationship ended in, I don't know if you could call it a relationship. It was four months. Um, <laughs> like that's not it, a relationship. You can call it whatever yeah. you want. Yeah. It was you know what it is. I it's, it was like my angel. Like they say, like someone comes in fast and furious and leaves. It's like a gift of like, they rocked your world and you're like, shit, now I'm left with all this to keep learning about myself. So that's what it was. Um, but I am single and I. I, I, I still consider myself like a serial monogamer, monogamous person because that was the shortest stint I've ever had with somebody. Normally, it's like one year, two years, and then I'll be single for a year. I was married for three years, and that ended five years ago. Sorry, there's a lot of numbers going on. That's okay. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but, yeah, so, like, I think when I have been single in the past, it would be for, like, a year or two-year stint, and that was always fine for me. Um and now that I moved to LA I'm like okay I'm feeling more ready I'm feeling more myself. Um but you know single how I see single life now I mean I have so many girlfriends who love their lives regardless and some of them are single and some are married. Um <clears throat> and I could just see that they're happy regardless. Like I know someone who's had a boyfriend for 8 years and or I think like five years, sorry. And, you know, she's not happy or sad because of him. She's going to be her grumpy or elated person with, with or without him. And I've seen that clearly in that person. Cause it's like, oh, you have this, you have that, you have a boyfriend. It's like, that nah, it doesn't really matter. Like, does not it? So it's kind of evidence. Does not really make you anything? Um, and that's why I've been trying to do a lot of work on myself because I want to be with someone who's happy regardless of whether they're with me. You know, and um, I had a girlfriend who's dating somebody now and she's like, you know, it's really, it's kind of uncomfortable because he, he's really good at like connecting with my friends, but I feel like he ignores me. And I'm like, well, the flip side to that is that you want someone who enjoys the people around him regardless of whether you're there. So you have to look at yourself and say, "Oh, do I feel codependent where like he needs to be up my ass in a, at a dinner party for me to feel comfortable or can you just look at him as some as an extension of you, not you and just say, "Wow, that's mine." Like he's mine, like and he's he's connecting with my friends, that's hot, you know? Mm-hmm. And so as soon as I flipped it, it kind of helped her be like, oh, "Okay, I I don't need something from like, I love that he is who he is regardless. So I am working on that with myself, like really enjoying my life regardless of who's around, you know?
0: Of course, we love a good reframe around here. We love seeing things from a different angle and from a different perspective. Uh, this morning in the Facebook group, somebody posted a graphic, that said, um, it was in Spanish, but I think, I I think it said just happy singles day. I don't think there was anything else. I think my Spanish is solid enough that I can, (laughs) that I can translate that for myself. But the, um, cartoon that was on Uh the graphic was like this old lady from the Simpsons who was like covered in cats with like crazy gray hair and this grimace on her face. And it was happy singles day. And I was like, the only thing that needs to change about this graphic is that bitch needs to be smiling that's it because it is perfectly yeah. acceptable to have gray hair to have a fuck ton of cats to be old whatever old is for you i don't give a shit that's the only thing like somebody was the the creator of that graphic was like insinuating to all of us that single say mm. means you're this crazy old grumpy ass cat lady we're fucking cat ladies but we're happy about it stop you know what i mean like just changing the narrative around every aspect of life possible. And I really love, and and thank you for telling that story because I don't think we tell these often enough, is reframing within the context of a relationship because I'm not in one. So I really don't have that many mm-hmm. things to reframe around relationships right now because I'm not dating anybody and I'm single. But I love the idea of taking a moment from within a relationship and reframing that too. I think that's really cool. And it's a rare story told around here, but I really like that. That's like a... That's such a a swift way to attack jealousy.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I feel like when I was telling it to her, I felt like the the word sweet comes over me where I'm like, it's just sweet to like, look at your partner and just, just look at him in the world. Like for me, I loved, I remember like, that's when I was like, I know I am like, oh, I'm falling for somebody. Cause you look at them, be them. And you're just like in awe. And I'm like, just be that, you know, and that could be hard for people. Cause that's very vulnerable. And like, I had a, we had, a, we got more into the conversation of just vulnerability and it's something that it's hard for her and it's hard for, for everybody to some degree. And I'm like, yeah, this is great. Then work it out. Like feel your vulnerability with this person. Cause why, why keep waiting? You know? Yeah.
0: I love that. I, I really look forward to being with somebody who is a full independent Capable person and like being proud of someone for being who they are. I really look forward to that. I think that sounds really cool. I think that's yeah, probably like why comfort, one of my comfort. big like dude expanders is Josh Lyman from The West Wing because he was so fucking capable at various things. <laughs> I'm like, I would like a very capable person because I'm one. Well, I was I'm gonna say capable, they,
1: and they, they, you know, capable people want capable people.
0: Yes, uh, you
1: know, you you mirror what you who you are.
0: I need a resourceful motherfucker. Like I don't, you know what I mean? I am the kind of person who always in the house has like extra batteries and emergency lights and emergency water and shit like that. I want him to come home one day and be like, Hey, I got us a new like battery or like hand crank radio just in case everything you like dies You'd and we like, have oh no access God. to anything. I want I'm somebody who to like, right? Away. Write, <laughs> like, he yeah. would get laid so fast. Are you kidding? <laughs> if you come home with prepper supplies, it's over. It's over. <laughs>
1: Duct tape. Oh my God. Get in the bedroom. <laughs> yes.
0: Yes. Where's my duct tape? Where's my duct tape? wouldn't it be h- hilarious if you just like walked in with like a bouquet of duct tape rolls?
1: <laughs> oh my God. I hope. Yes. You know, you get what you manifest one day and then, and, and, you know, if he doesn't have duct tape, it's you, it's okay for you to do it. You know, my stepmom was really good at, um, not being not expecting my dad to do things, so she'd be like, Oh, I got this for myself from him. I'm like, You know what? Hell yeah, girl, you know, like because I, one of the things that I, from my one of the things that I did in my marriage that wasn't helpful was the expectations that I brought in. Um, and he brought in a whole other bag of tricks, and my bag of tricks was like expectation and. It, it ruins everything. So, like, like my friend, I was saying, if she expected this guy to like be all over her all the time, she's of course going to be disappointed, you know. And the expect the expectation. Now, I'm changing it to intention. Like, what's my intention? Oh, and I was dating the last guy, I was like, okay, my intention today is like, I just want to get to know him. It wasn't like, who's going to pay for the bill. Who's going to, you know, is he going to kiss me? It's like, I just want to get to know him because then that gives me freedom to be me and not like wait and expect because when you're expecting something, you don't really show up like fully. You're, it's, it's like you get blocked, you know?
0: We also don't have a lot of variety in intention when we date people, we are sort of conditioned to think that our only intention can be, this works out for the rest of our lives. Mm-hmm. There are so many different intentions in dating that we can walk into things with. Like if you, if you open up Tinder with the intention of getting married, honey, it's going to be a rough road for you.
1: Yeah. Rough. Just baby steps, ladies. Like yes. intention is.
0: <laughs> One intention at a time.
1: Or my intention is to be fi- five swipes and I'm out for the, for the day. Yes. That's an intention. Let's just start there. Don't, don't be swiping more than 20. I mean, that's if I I swiped when I first moved to LA and it's funny because the two guys I clicked with the most hmm, shocker, I met them in person. (laughs) 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 And the first day I met one of these people, like, I felt like it was our first date, but we all, we met between friends, you know? Um, but yeah, I would set, I would set my intention on Tinder of like, uh, 20, 20 people. Cause I don't want to get sucked into that. It's just, then you, then you start feeling the anxiety and then there's no, there's no good feeling. And then you feel that from the guys too. say after like three weeks, I'm like, I, I can't it kill. And I, I'm a, I'm a all or nothing kind of girl. Mm-hmm. And so I don't have games on my phone. Cause I would, you know, I could get wrapped up into words with friends for, for five days. Um, and that's why I have time limits on social media apps. So like dating is the same where I'm just like, I, I'm all or nothing. So if I'm not ready, like I ain't going to dip my toe in.
0: I like that. I like being intentional about your own use of, of your phone and your own use of apps. We, we're so, we passively consume so much. And the danger of passively consuming online dating is that you are like passively soaking yourself in your own misery. Like you don't have to do that. You don't have to swipe through a thousand fucking faces a day in order to meet your husband. I'm sorry. Like that's just not a requirement. And that's not how life works. Also, there's no guarantee. Like you could swipe through 1 million men on Tinder and still not meet anybody. And if that is not enough to get you to delete this shit, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah.
1: I feel like soaking yourself in your own misery is like, an amazing (laughs) t-shirt
0: right it'll be like a single serving podcast coffee mug i really want merch i i cannot figure out how to effectively and easily do merch for myself but i really want coffee mugs and like tote bags and shit for a single serving podcast right that'd be
1: great yeah or like teacups i feel like teacups would be so on brand yeah i have this japanese um teacup, which I love because they have no handles. They're just like super sleek. Oh, I like that. I use them all the time. What in your opinion Mm -hmm. is the definition of success? That's a big one. God, I just, I, I can say so many things. One thing that really sticks out to me that I didn't really understand until a few years ago is, um, I had a friend who I thought was a well i had a i I was with somebody who had a friend who I thought was like a bum you know he'd smoke weed he i mean which is fine, but like like all the time mm-hmm. um and would work at like a snowboard or a surfing shop and I was just like, oh my god, doesn't he like i was i was i was looking at him through how I thought m- my life should go and I told this guy i'm like yo this like what's with this guy like he's not he, he's like a bum. And my, this, this guy I was dating looked at me, he's like, actually, he's the most successful person I know. Like, what does that mean? And he's like, he does exactly what he wants to do. And he's, and he's so happy with how he spends his time, you know, like he'll get high and he'll like cook dinner for his girlfriend and then he'll get super high and like play records. And then he'll, the next day he like loves the water. So he, he like helps people with water sports in Florida, you know, and, and I didn't, get that until years later where I'm like, God, he was onto something. So it's all, that's what I love. It's like, it's, it's so individual, you know, success to me. And I think that as soon as we also notice and accept that it is very individual, we, we have less judgment on other people's lives and we can own our lives more Understanding that no one should have judgment on our lives because it is so goddamn unique, you know Um, Yeah, so I think it's just doing the things that really fulfill you And if you're lucky enough to find a job that's a part of that That's amazing. And if not, it's like what can you do on the side to contribute either like charity or have your own project or have your own Podcast or whatever uh, Or, you know, things like that I think is pretty important I think they are
0: monumentally important doing yeah. what I want to do and getting paid to do it is my definition of success for yeah. sure. You forever.
1: have a shorter <laughs> answer. I like that. I got to reframe that. Be like, how can I say that faster? Uh, I like but long yeah. answers too. I'm like afraid of a long answer.
0: <laughs> I like stories. We love stories. We stand a story on this podcast. That's fine. I
1: just, I love when someone like flips things for me and it blows me away, like something so simple and I, it totally changes my mind frame, you know?
0: Absolutely. That's. Yeah. I, I am in the business of hopefully changing mindsets <laughs> around singlehood because we have been fed utter bullshit since day one. And at the time that we were being fed all of this as kids, teenagers, early twenties, or whatever, nobody knew what what the dating world was going to look like when we oh, hit God. our thirties. No oh. one had any concept. And so there was no preparation for this and it's very uncharted territory. So I'm hopefully charting shit in a way that is way more fun to read than the, uh, old spinster narrative that can go fuck itself.
1: Yes. I, I love, yeah. And I love your articles. They, they hit me so hard. I'm like, yes, girl, keep (laughs) it going. Yes.
0: (laughs) I'm so happy to hear that. And I absolutely will. What, uh, you have actually, speaking of, of amazing work, you have a podcast episode about lying to ourselves and yeah. I would like to pick your brain about that. And like a mini version of that podcast, I would like you to answer this question for me, but I will also obviously link to that specific episode in the show notes so that people okay. can go and listen. But how do yeah. you think we lie to ourselves?
1: God. Yeah. That's, um, I think that was episode 40, 37. I'm on episode 42 this week. Nice. Um, yeah. So episode 37 is, you know, the lies we tell ourselves. And I've been thinking a lot about this because of just negative thoughts. And I'm doing a lot of deep work with a spiritual teacher. His name is Gary Zukov. And if you Google Gary zukov and Oprah, he's been on Oprah like 37 times and she's read his books, been obsessed with them, wrote the foreword to his 25th Anniversary of one of the books, and um, through this, through my process with him, it's like we're trying to understand these negative thoughts to see how they're controlling of us, and so I relate these negative thoughts as lies because they are total lies, and they're on constant repeat in the back of our mind. At least for me, it's like it could be obsessive where I just have thoughts that just never stop. I talked to my mom about this and she's like, you know, your dad said he was like that, but I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, wait, not everyone has this in their head all the time. (laughs) I'm like, I hate you, mom. Um, But you know, she's got her own, her own thing where she's like, oh, my butt's too big or my, this is too big. And I'm like, says who? So I'm like, you do have negative thoughts, girl um so they just come out in different ways you know um one way could be for example filtering so like only looking for this confirmation bias that you see you are fat you see you are ugly you see you're not really that smart and how destructive is that if someone's always telling you like oh you sucked at that again i told you Uh, then another one is like polarized thinking. So thinking things are black or white. So like you're either, either today was like the best day or it was the worst day or your career is everything or, or you suck at your career. And you're like, where did, where does that come from? Why do we have to live in like these so, so opposite worlds every day? Why can't we just be sometimes, you know, um, jumping to conclusions, blaming uh, fallacy of change. So fallacy of change is one where it's like, the idea that you will finally be okay, you will finally be loved when XYZ person accepts you or loves you. And it's like, wait, again, who, uh, hello, who said that? Uh, why, are we, <laughs> why do we believe this? And so that, that one hit hard where it's like that becomes obsessive. And in this, the deeper work that I've been doing, I see how those come out as negative consequences. So if you're gripping onto something so hard, Deep down because you're like from trauma or whatever, like feeling like this is the thing that will save you, this is the thing that will change you, this is the thing that will finally make you happy. It's you're gonna create negative consequences because you're so obsessed, you're gonna show up differently, you're gonna be more reactive. Cause anything you're really afraid of losing, you're gonna fight to keep. And you don't want to fight. You just wanna let it kind of be, you know? Um, yeah. So these lies, it's just these negative thoughts of where did they come from and understanding you know, maybe hit one at a time, like, cause you might have more than one. So like, what's the big one that you have? And it would be really interesting to write about it, like journal a bit and see how does this, how could this like, just play with it. Cause you might think, oh, it doesn't really affect my life, but just like, how could this maybe come out in my life? You know, like, um, my, I think that's next door me. Do you hear that? Sorry. Yes. <laughs> Like I, guess on my door. I guess they're refurbishing next door. All of a sudden the <laughs> apartment was quiet for like three months. Uh, sorry about that. But That's okay. so, so yeah, it's just one of those things where, oh my God, should I tell them to stop?
0: No, it's okay. Don't worry. I'm telling you, <laughs> no one cares.
1: Are you serious? You yeah. girls are rock stars. They're amazing.
0: Are you kidding? They're okay. like running the blender
1: right now. They're like uh.
0: working while they're listening. They're on a walk and dogs are barking. They're fine. Look
1: at this. This is my negative thought. It's like, oh my God, people are going to be so annoyed. And look, this it's is beautiful. No, totally no, but fine. this is a, but this is a live process. Consequences yes. could be, I lose connection. Oh. I, I, you know, so it's one of those things where you start to catch yourself like, oh shit, it's real. Instead of like, oh yeah. Oh, there's noise. Oh, keep rolling. Um, they're not
0: going to love you less. I promise.
1: Yeah. But so yeah, it's just ref- like, not even the reframe is just first looking at what is that one thought And then trying to understand how could it affect you? How could, you know, thinking that for me, it's like, wait, you know, thinking, oh, I'm too heavy or I'm too this. And I've noticed the more I'm conscious about it, I notice how I carry myself in groups of people sometimes or, and, and now I'm just like, oh, you know what? Let's say I am too fat, but like based on what, and by the way, I'm, I don't know, I'm average weight, but it's just like a mental Mm -hmm. thing. And And I'm like, you know, why don't I let other people figure out how they choose to see me? Because I can't, I'm not going to decide for anybody whether I'm cool enough for them, if I'm pretty enough for them, if I'm light, like thin enough for them, like let them decide. And actually that was that day that I challenged that was when I met someone that I dated for four months where I'm like, oh my God, my thighs are so thick. Um, And then I had to be like, wait, why did that thought even come through my mind if if they're so big why is he still talking to me oh why is he now asked to drive me to the next place we're all going oh why is he drive asking to drive me home you know if my thighs are so thick like oh you know what I mean so they're like
0: totally uncorrelated
1: oh, things crazy and if I believed that that lie I would have never got on such an adventure I would have never I would have been shy or would have maybe like uh, disengaged with him, disconnected and like had a drink or talked to other friends. But I was like, no, nope, I'm staying right here. So it's, it's just inc- incredible of how you can see how it can take control of your life, just like these little repetitive lies.
0: Do you find that maybe, I think there is a step before we do this that not everyone takes, which is to question things to begin with. Like the fallacy of change moment is Mm -hmm. so huge. And I think it will resonate so much for this audience and certainly does for me. The everything will be okay if, or when, or if I just change this thing, then this Mm -hmm. will happen. Um, But so we have those thoughts, right? But I find that sometimes we're missing the step that comes before changing them, which is to acknowledge that changing them is allowed to challenge the very notion of our own thoughts, I don't think is a very natural state of existence because Mm -hmm. we're raised and groomed in society to not challenge things. We're kind of just raised to go with the flow and to like, you grow up, you go to school, you go to college, you get a job, you get married, you have kids, like this endless flow of life that is deemed what you're supposed to do. And the default setting is not to challenge that. And I don't think that the default setting is to challenge our own thoughts as well. I think a step comes before the work that you're doing, which is to acknowledge that you can. And that is a big, a big deal that I I really hope everyone listening hears because to see someone doing it and doing it successfully is another reminder that that's something that's allowed. Challenging our own thoughts is allowed. Challenging like the mm-hmm. lies that we tell ourselves and even acknowledging that they are lies, that's allowed. There are so many... Um, there are so many ways that we can be passive participants in our own lives, and you're not. You're you're taking active like agency over what you think and feel, which is a beautiful thing to see.
1: Yeah, I think. I mean, the biggest thing for me that makes that shift is I always ask myself, like, well, what do I want? Yeah. Do I want to connect, or do I want to disconnect? Um, and that's the work I do. Do I want to come from love, or do I want to come from fear? And and whenever I've shown up from fear, which could be judgment, superiority, inferiority, caretaking, like there's a million ways that fear shows up and all those things create disconnection. And the times I, and it's hard, like the times I've challenged them, I've changed my life where I'm like, Oh my God, I can, when I'm interviewing all these amazing women on torch, I feel so present and connected where back in the day, like two or three years ago, if a little thing of like, Oh, she's had more podcasts than me. Like she might know more, like just these and and it's not to say i'm not confident it's to say that like this bullshit lie comes up and you're like whoa where did that come from it's like this fears protecting you to stay small mm-hmm. and i'm here to be like actually um no everything's fine she you know like cuz i want to show up with you not not against you i don't want to um like this is not a competition right and i think you could see that in some women where uh, and it's just like, there's just so much energy to like be the best and be this and prove yourself. And, and like through that journey comes a lot of disconnect with other people and like broken relationships because you're coming from this need, to, like this urgency that, oh, if you get that title, you'll be like loved or you'll, people will finally respect you. And you're like, well, they, maybe they do already, yep. you know, maybe people love you already. Maybe you're pretty great already. I do that you know? all the
0: time. I do that all the time. And even like booking guests for this podcast, I have so many like fears and concerns and, and what's the audience gonna think and and why why would I interview this person and why should I interview this person? And will they say yes or will they say no? There was somebody who reached out to me who was going to be on this podcast in December. And I was just like, you know what, I don't know, like, is this the right fit? And I, I didn't know if it was right. And then I just read her story like I just read about her and who she is. And I was like, I find you interesting. I find your story very impactful. I want you to be on my podcast because it's mine and I can do what I want. And now we're going to be on each other's actually, which is like really fun, which is what we did. Um, I, I worry about random shit all the time. That last point of mine led me very beautifully into my own interview that I wrote for you, which is what do we worry about that we don't need to?
1: Um, uh, most things, (laughs) uh, one thing I, I, I will say, and it could be universal and God bless any woman who doesn't have this is our weight. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. It could be generational. I mean, I don't know if a 25 year old loves her body more than I did at 25, but God at 25, 25, I was, I was thin and it was just like, I wasn't, I put so much pressure and you know, I was so hooked on the thought about a certain weight. And that's again the fallacy of like, oh, you know, if I drop five pounds, I will feel good. Well, why? You know, so for me now it's like I just I love feeling good. And I have a pair of mother jeans that just like hugs my butt so perfectly. Oh my god, and it's mother's just, the like, best. Ugh. And they're real jeans, they're not stretchy where they like they like hold you and it looks, it just feels good. And I'm like, whatever weight that is, I just want to fit in those babies. Um, <laughs> I
0: just you want know, to wear my clothes.
1: Yeah, and like feel good. And I get it. Like weight could correlate to how you feel. I get it. Like if I gain five pounds, I could feel uncomfortable just because, like, and you know, it just feels like your belly's full and it just doesn't feel comfortable. But at the same time, it's like no one's no one's seeing what you're seeing. Like your obsession or whoever might be obsessing over it. Like nobody else is you know, like when my mom, my mom's got a gorgeous body. She's got these hips that rock. She's like five, five, seven, five, eight. I don't know, like one, one fifty or something or something like that. And, you know, she's got a tiny waist and like these hips come and you're like, damn girl. (laughs) And for her, she's like, oh, I got to make sure that I get a shirt that covers my butt. And I'm like, you're like, you're like, you know, mid sixties now. I think, I think you should just not care. I think it's okay to just like, And I go, and by the way, it's pretty, it's pretty hot. Like, I don't know why you're not wearing midriffs still, you know? And it's like, that's another negative thought of like, why are we letting it consume us? But yeah, the worrying, I think, was it Oprah or somebody said, you know, you look back on photos of yourself and you are shocked at how much thinner you thought, how much thinner you were compared to what you thought you were. So like, when I look at photos of me at 27, I was like. Damn, I wish I took, you know, I should have taken more advantage of that body. And I, I, I dressed cute and whatever, but I wish I enjoyed it, my body more for myself. Just like felt like really complete in my body. And I'm doing that now. And so like now, if I'm like on my period or whatever and bloated and uncomfortable, I'm just like my belly hangs out and I just like put my hands on it. I'm just like, this is my like, I can't believe that. I, my body can even do this. Like it mm-hmm. functions this way, you know? Yeah. So like enjoying it more actually then has me less attached to the idea of my weight. And then miraculously you feel better and you eat better. And, and like, I lost, I think through all the spiritual work, I lost, I mean, again, I don't want to, <laughs> this is like counterproductive, but I lost like 10 pounds from this weight that I was holding onto. Cause I was so focused on it and I wasn't happy in other ways. And now that I'm uncovering things, I feel better about myself and I, I, I feel lighter and like, I look less inflamed, you know? Yeah. Um, So yeah, I think, I mean, weight's a big one, but most things, honestly, most things are perceptions of other people that you, you hold too much weight on.
0: It's hard to let them go though. When you've been raised in a society that tells you that one body type is desirable. And like, for me, I feel like I have the shape of a zucchini and always have had, there's just nothing, it just straight up and down, but too much of it. And I've, I've learned that like, no matter what my weight is, no matter what I look like, I'm always going to feel just a little bit upset about the size of me always. Mm. And that's been true for the last, I'm almost, I'm so I'm 38. It's been true for like 20 years 20 years of my life, I've weighed a million different weights and I've always felt bad about every one of them. So what the fuck is the point about caring? And like just in the last couple of years and certainly in the last year when I have put on physical weight, but I have let go of so much emotional weight that was attached to that. Now I've learned to be like grateful for a body that has helped me survive a pandemic. I don't care what it weighs. It's healthy. Like that's what I've learned to be grateful for. And also like how much better I feel in not giving a shit how much I weigh. Like the you feel so much lighter and like like emotionally light. I don't give a fuck about how much I what I feel like physically so much as like how I feel emotionally about my body and reconnecting with a sense of gratitude for my zucchini body and like completely being okay with that. And you're right by the way about, about the clothes and the jeans. It's less about a number on a scale and more about those are my favorite pants. I don't want to lose my favorite pants. That's a big fucking deal right now. My favorite (laughs) pants are leggings. Doesn't fucking matter. It really doesn't (laughs) matter, but it's, there is an element of gratitude for the, the physical part of me that I have never had. I've just always felt like shit about, my weight, no matter what that weight was. And as soon as I acknowledge that mm-hmm. I hate my weight, no matter what it is, I can let it go. Cause it doesn't fucking matter. If I yes. hate them all, who gives a shit? Just live, yes. just fucking live and have focaccia. Just have it. Like, <laughs> stop fucking yes. worrying.
1: <laughs> yes. Cause the same thing, right? You could disconnect from like, you know, you could think in your head, Oh my God, I have a zucchini body. Everyone's going to notice. Everyone's going to, you're like, actually, what if, what if I still not like you know, it's okay to also, I mean, there, it takes time to accept things. So you could accept things of yourself, but it's another level to now enjoy the things that you accept in yourself. Right. And if you're not yet there where you, okay, accept this is my body. I'm still unhappy about it, but you could accept it and still like show the F up. Like you could still dress cute and and, like dress how, I mean, I don't care how you dress, but dress whatever makes you feel good. I mostly dress like it's Halloween. You know, I mean, I'm an Athleta. I feel like Athleta sponsored this podcast.
0: I have <laughs> a Can they to, please? So. That would be great. <laughs> uh,
1: I don't know where I think I'm going today. I should go for a hike, but I, right now I'm not, obviously. Uh, but, you know, it's just like feeling, feeling good. And yeah, I love what you said about that. It's just like, if, if it's going to be a thing all the time, like just give it up. Yeah. yeah and like who are you? The and that's the question. Who am I? if I'm not obsessed with this Mm -hmm. and it's interesting, especially whoever's gone through some deep shit during quarantine, it's like you start to realize what other fears you're hiding under that fear. Cause that's like a dumb fear. It's like, Oh, you know, it's kind of like when people date people and like the obsession on them and the obsession of their like caretaking them, it's the biggest um, distraction from yourself. So actually, like your obs- the obsession of my weight was the biggest distraction of my real shit that I had to deal with. And once I dealt with my shit, or I'm dealing with it, the weight is not actually a factor anymore because that was like the dumbest. It was like a cover up fear. Yeah, yeah. Like right. they say, you know, wherever you're ticklish, that's where your muscles are really tight. That's what really they say. yes, and that's where the-, the masseuse is like, oh damn, we gotta we gotta knot under this one. So like the weight fear is kind of like that, where it's like it's like a silly. It's like a silly, dumb fear, but it's really hiding something deeper.
0: That makes a whole lot of sense because I'm ticklish from head to toe. I mean, if you <laughs> even come at me as if you might tickle me at some point, I will start laughing. It, that, that makes complete sense. That makes you need to come visit sense.
1: me and I'll hook you up with my fascia body worker. He fascia the connective that. tissue.
0: Oh man. I would like to ask you, what is the most impactful thing you have ever learned from a podcast guest of yours?
1: Oh, so God, there's so many good ones. Um,
0: and you're about inter- to have more because I know who you're talking to tomorrow and I am so fucking excited for you. Girl. <laughs> Girl.
1: and <laughs> Lowenthal.
0: Yeah, they're going to flip out. They're going to have so much fun. It's like podcast her. inception here right now.
1: Yeah, yeah. It is. I know. It's like, wait, is she dialing in? <laughs>
0: um, if I call her, she might.
1: God, yeah. You know, it's it's interesting. I've had so many amazing guests. We've talked about like negotiating at work with your kids uh, this thing called meta perception of your perception of other people's perceptions of you. Wow. Uh, Business women like how to self brand all these like really cool topics, trauma in the workplace and the overarching tone that I get uh, from a lot of the women when I get to like deeper questions with them is that you have all the answers and, and, I hate saying that because it sounds so easy, but it's like the hardest thing to do. Um, And I've, I've been really inspired by the women I've interviewed because uh, some of them who really stick out to me in terms of this specific, like resonating with their purpose and knowing that they have the answers, like they've just walked me through like how they focus and how they align with themselves. And, you know, one woman will take, take showers and she just like kind of tunes in and just like can envision like her next step for her business or her next whatever. And someone else puts on piano music and just sits and like really tries to focus on one issue that she's trying to uncover. She's a, she owns um, that one. She's a creative director for a company that she owns that does really beautiful out, like wet, wetsuit gear and stuff like water sport gear for women. And it's very chic And, you know, to redesign a whole brand and everything, she had to really sit and like come to terms with like, who is she as an artist? What does she want to produce in the world? And it kind of helped her settle into what she sees instead of comparing her work to other people and what she thinks she should do. Um, And I saw that too, with my podcast, like before I started Torch, I actually eliminated consuming any form of media for a few months, especially podcasts, because I didn't want other people to even unconsciously adjust how I wanted to show up. Um, So I think it's really important to like find time to kind of sit with yourself and really answer these hard questions instead of staying busy with dumb thoughts that we all have. It's like, what is it really that we can focus on? But that really hit me hard because it gave me also the confidence knowing that I do have the answers and if I don't, at least I know what I'm looking for and then I can read something or, or connect with somebody or have someone on the podcast that could teach me more about X, Y, Z, you know? Um, But at the end of the day, like I know, I know what, I know what I should be doing. Um, And that could be scary having, knowing, accepting that you have all that power for some reason scares a lot of people.
0: I love it. Bring it. I I would like more of that. I, as much like power as possible. I feel like I lived most of my life with zero power whatsoever. And now I could breathe fire.
1: Claim it girl. If I could
0: go back in time and just absolutely burn it all down, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like I lived so much of my life and all of my professional life, just letting whatever be done to me and never fighting back because I was so scared of like, not earning money you're not having health insurance so I was just like I would just take whatever usually men wanted to do or say to me Mm -hmm. I wish I could go back in time now as I am now and just like in so many ways tell them to fuck off yeah I can now I mean I guess I could but I think the best revenge really is just being happy and living and having the career that I want. That has nothing to do
1: with them. That's probably, the yeah. Best to and do cl- you know, clear, clear animosity of just like those guys were, they an had education. their own issues. Yeah. They their were own, their own demons to, to resolve and they probably haven't worked on them. So yeah, I doubt it.
0: Um, exactly. <laughs> I will end this podcast the same way we ended my recording of your podcast. What does leadership look like to you?
1: So, I think uh, the biggest thing is you need to know where you're going. So, I always call things my North Star, and knowing being clear on what that North Star is and working towards it, and also rallying people around you to join your work towards that. Um, I think direction's important, teamwork's important. Um, respect is important. and you all need to know where you're going. The team needs to know where they're going. So I think it really starts with that. And and it's it's it feels good. You feel confident. You're like, this is where we're going, guys. Don't know how the hell we're going to get there, but we're going to get there. <laughs> I love that answer.
0: And tell everyone listening where they can follow you and your work online. And don't worry, I will link to everything she's about to say in the show notes.
1: Yay. All right. So the podcast is at torchpodcast.com. It's also across all the apps and then on social media, uh, torch podcast everywhere. And then my personal, which I'm pretty active on, on Instagram is Tiana Pix P I X like a pixel. Um, and I, I have a lot of fun on that account. Maybe too fun.
0: (laughs) Amazing. I cannot thank you enough for joining me. This was so fun talking to you twice in one week was an absolute treat. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and experience with this audience.
1: I love talking to you and I love all the podcasts you have. I can't wait to listen to more as it come out. Likewise.